Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Vason Nordic Horror Role-Playing Rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Strong language, mature scenes, and Thursday's children are on the way. And now, on to the show. Hello again, everyone, and welcome once more to the Old Ways podcast presenting Vason Nordic Horror. And today we're playing The Friend, The Fiend, and The Shadow of the Night. And we have a fantastic table of Thursday's children here to my right. Yeah. Hi, this is Mike, and I'll be playing Father Eric Sorensen, who has just uh, given important last rites to uh, a fallen woman. Well, whether or not she was a fallen woman remains to be seen, but uh, perhaps we'll find out later. Um, to Father Sorensen's right. Hi, this is Miranda playing Marta Osterbeer. And I am currently, well, most recently, serving as sidekick to Sven as he interrogates children. Indeed, yes. You've um, been uh, making sure that they don't feel too overawed by Sven's presence. Uh, Speaking of whom, at the head of the table. Hi, I'm John. I am playing said Sven. Sven Anderson, hunter, occasional vason killer, occasional vason helper, and... uh, I guess now, employer of ragamuffin street children. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe you will find some gainful employment for them yet. Uh, I've got animals that need skinning on a regular basis. I'm sure you have. Um, and last, but definitely not least. I'm Nate. I play private investigator Nickel Doppler. And I am on the case. I've ventured off to try and get to the bottom of this young lady, Milena Yurtsik, I think is what you might have called her. I'm sure it's okay to go off wandering the streets alone. Yes, her name is uh, Milena Yurtsak. Oh, that's, uh, that's what it sounds like anyway, when you spoke to that old woman. So let's start indeed with Nickel as you're walking through this part of Uppsala where the migrant workforce live. It is certainly not the most pleasant area of the city. Other, uh, other parts are clean, bright, there are uh, trees, flowers, gardens, beautiful houses, but uh, this is uh, this is where all the people that make that possible live, and their environment is not nearly so pleasant. You can see a great deal of poverty, a lot of people clearly struggling just to stay alive out here. These, these workers come to the city, they work hard, they provide this beautiful environment for uh, the residents of the city and also for the people who come to visit the city to walk through its gardens to enjoy the architecture and uh, they are the ones who make it all possible but they do not live in beautiful gardens they do not live in rich fancy houses they are struggling struggling hard to make ends meet here and it seems like um, the good citizens of Uppsala are not really going out of their way to make life any better for them. So you can make your way through these tents, through these shacks, towards where uh, there is a 
a fairly sizable I'm not going to use the word building because it's not exactly a building. It's clearly been um, pieced together out of um, bits and pieces that um, people can use, pallets, uh, bits of wood, bits of tin, that kind of thing. It's quite near a small uh, church that uh, clearly has been uh, in the city for quite some time. It's a much more uh, solid, constructed building. And all around you, there are uh, children, uh, men, women, old and young, uh, some of them running through the muck in the street. There's also a definite, uh, a, a definite scent in the air of the the poverty of this place. Uh, where is it you're uh, heading for exactly? I'll follow the general direction uh, the old lady had given me, and every so often I'll call out, "Yutzik, Yutzik, anyone recognize Yutzik?" Just trying to cast a wide net and see if I catch any fish. All right, um. Why don't you make me, let's say, an inspiration role to be able to um, attract the attention of, uh, of someone who might be able to furnish you with some information? Nickel is quite inspiring. I'll roll two dice. Hey, a six and a four. Fantastic. You got a success. Well, um, uh, as luck would have it, somebody looks your direction when you say that name. He's a, a kind of a, a young-looking man. It looks like he's... Um, um, he's got uh, some sort of binding around his leg and uh, a rudimentary crutch. He's uh, clearly in, injured himself um, in, some, in some way. And he kind of looks up at you and says, Yertzik! Yes, Yertzik. Uh, are you your family? Yertzik family? No, no. No, no. Yertzik. Yeah. And he points to uh, one of the other tents. Yeah, Yertzik. Hand over my heart, thank him, and I walk off towards that tent. Okay. Um, as you go towards the tent, you can see that there, there do appear to be um, some figures in inside it. You're not quite sure what they're doing, but the, the flaps of the tent are uh, drawn slightly so that uh, you can sense that there's movement inside. Excuse me, excuse me, you're sick? And I'm standing outside the tent, sort of calling in. Uh, the, one of the um, sides of the, the tent kind of gets pushed aside, um, and this, this woman looks out. She looks like she's maybe in her late 30s, possibly. Y- y- yes? This is your name, ma'am. Um, I'm with the society, and I'm helping um, helping our police force uh, with a matter. Um, could could I come in? And my, my manner is as if I'm presenting myself at her manor estate. Okay. Um, and she kind of looks at you. Uh, no. S- speak. Polsky? Yeah? But I'll, I'll look at her and say, Malena? Malena Jutzik? And pointing at her. Malena? And the, the woman kind of looks around. Milena? Yeah? And I'm pointing at her, yep. Uh, Milena? And then I'll make the universal gesture of, where is she? And I'll look around, exaggerated left and right, just trying to convey. And this um, this man looks a, a couple of years older than her, kind of pushes through. Huh? Yes? You want? Sir, I'm 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 helping the police with a matter, and and I'll I'll pull out my magnifying glass, and just pantomime, sort of looking around with it as I'm trying to communicate. The two of them look at each other and sort of shrug. Who? I'm searching for Malena. Uh, no, Polski. Uh, yeah. I assume I don't speak any Polish. Uh, maybe a learning test. We're looking for a 
two successes if you can to be able to uh, make yourself understood uh, to these people. No, well, I got seven on it. No, I got a lot of fives, and I got one six. Yeah, I mean they they barely speak any Swedish at all. And I'll call out. Does anyone? Can anyone help me speak to? The Yurtsik family in Swedish is loud and looking around, seeing if anyone can translate. Uh, make, me, make me a manipulation test. There's a, there's a few people about. Mm, no, two fives. <laughs> people sort of shake their heads. And, um, I suppose this is probably a good place to say that you can invest and push roles. You can do it when you want more successes or even just some successes. However, it does come at a price. If you push a roll, you must also, once you have re-rolled, take a condition. Now, conditions in Vason can be physical or mental, and they reduce your um, effectiveness at uh, certain uh, skills. Physical skills, you might take a, a, a minus uh, one, or, one or more dice fewer if you've got a condition. Uh, there are a number of conditions that you can take, such as frightened or uh, angry. There are um, also consequences to having more than three conditions. Once you have more than three conditions, you are what's called broken. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe come to that at some later stage, but um, that, that, that does have a rather more serious effect on you as a character. So if you want to push a roll, you simply re-roll any dice that you haven't already rolled a six on, um, the same number as you had before, at which point you take a condition, uh, after which you'll have slightly fewer dice for uh, for your rolls for certain skills. Might I re-roll that learning check that you had asked for before? Absolutely, you can certainly do that. Um, right, because I, I had one six and I needed two. All righty. So you can re-roll the same number of dice as you, as you had before, At uh, after which point, whether or not you have any successes, you will take... A condition, and I'll tell you what your optional conditions are for that. I'm gonna. I had one success. I'm gonna reroll six of my seven. <laughs> no, no more. No further successes. No further successes. All right. So that is a um, a mental um, skill. So you will take a mental condition, and your options are angry, or frightened, or hopeless. And so I think as I'm standing within this 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 camp is almost the feeling and it reminds me of camps that I've been in other cities and it's the same story it's the immigrants and migrants come and they build the things and they're left with the scraps and they're left and there's no, I'm feeling hopeless already so if you mark the, uh, the hopeless condition on your uh, character sheet um, and then you will have a minus one to all your mental skill rolls from now on until such point as you get some sort of mm, healing to your condition. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can get uh, healed. One of them is to interact with your memento. All the characters have a memento. They have a little something that, that has some sort of meaning to them. If you get a little bit of time to interact with that, just some peace and quiet, you can heal one condition. Um, there are other ways of healing conditions, such as um, uh, a doctor, for instance, can uh, make a medicine roll to heal a physical condition. For the time being, you are despondent and dejected at your, your inability to uh, communicate with these people. I think of my memento, which is back in the castle, this book, this written, it's a book in a foreign language. And of course, it's written in Polish. And I'm thinking to myself, I had so many opportunities. And, and I think I'm just going to leave and I'm going to 
head off towards this church in the hopes of finding someone who can translate. And so that's where I will trudge off. Okay. We'll leave you trudging off towards the church. It's not that far away. And we'll return to Eric, Sven, and Marta. You're standing in the town square as the people go about their morning business. The smell of freshly baked bread drifts across the square from uh, from the other side. And you can see a, a number of people making their way excitedly towards, uh, towards that area. Well, bread does not sound such a terrible thing now, yes? I let my nose do the uh, inspiration for the locomotion to my feet and move that way. Um, as you walk through the square, you see uh, a number of, uh, of stores, a number of businesses. There's a, um, uh, a greengrocer, fresh vegetables being put outside. Um, there's uh, an ironmonger whose windows appear to be boarded up. It looks like it's closed up. On the corner of the street, there is uh, there's a, a butcher's. And it's uh, got a sign outside which proclaims it as being the singing pork chop. And uh, a little, a little uh, further along down the next street, um, on the corner, there is um, uh, a bakery, and uh, there's a little queue of people forming outside it. And that is where the smell is coming from. Hmm. I'll look at my fellows, uh, fellow society mates, and um, say something to the effect of it's. Uh... It's interesting how the littlest things in life can bring people so much joy. When the littlest things in life relieve a hungry belly, you'll be surprised how much joy they can bring. These people have honest grievances that the city is not hearing, or they have heard but choose not to act on. I'm going to step a little further closer to this and try to pick up on some of the exchanges between people as far as what they might be talking about and just give that age old um, axiom a quote which is to listen twice as much as you talk excellent um, yeah so um, what you pick up on is that the people in the queue are uh, uh, very much clearly very much looking forward to receiving their um, purchasing their freshly baked morning rolls and uh, and loaves there's a um, towards the end of, of the queue that's forming that's getting a little bit longer now um, there, there seems to be a little bit of chatter um, maybe a little bit of concern that um, people saying I hope I, I hope uh, Peterson doesn't sell out before we get in this bread is so good isn't it yeah oh, it's, it's the best 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 bread I've ever tasted and uh, yeah there certainly does seem to be a, a, a lot of enthusiasm everyone can make me a Vigilance or investigation um, test as you're kind of approaching this queue of people, if you want. Well, she'll be vigilance for me. Mm, that's one. None for Marta. And one for Sven. Okay, yeah. So Marta doesn't really notice this, but both Sven and Eric, you you can see that um, there's uh, a man who is not part of this queue, who is standing on the corner um, of, uh, of the street, just uh, where the the bakery is and he seems to be watching the queue and kind of observing it form in front of the uh, the, the bakery as the, the doors are clearly about to uh, open for the morning trade but he he doesn't look so um overawed well I know overall is not quite the right word he doesn't look so excited uh, as they do uh, about the uh, prospect of purchasing some freshly baked bread um 
He's wearing a, a, an apron. He's a, a fairly um, well-built fellow, quite quite tall, quite broad. And um, yeah, he certainly doesn't seem to be quite as jolly. I'll look at Sven and um, sort of verbally <clears throat> clear my throat and say, uh, the gentleman there in the apron doesn't seem to be here for the bread. No, no. I'm not too sure what he's here for, but maybe he's... Maybe he sees a lot of things. Perhaps he saw something in the alley. Mm. Well, as I told you, the small children say they saw a man uh, appear, and he waggles his eyebrow as, as he says, cuddle the woman, and then disappear. Yeah, I'll work very hard not to react to the word cuddle visually, but um, simply say, I don't know of any normal... Um, chemistry or even alchemical solution that will allow a man to disappear. Hmm. Oh, magic. So, that's the only thing it could be. Or a highly highly active child's imagination. Look, we both know that's not what it is. As the two of you are kind of muttering quietly to each each other, you you see the man just kind of turn on his heel and uh, head back um, along uh, the the side of the the square, and he goes into the butcher shop. Hmm. Marta, do you fancy any meat tonight? Yes. <laughs> Let's have a talk with the butcher then. Marta will start heading that way. Yeah. Head down towards this shop and perhaps uh, hear the the preparation preparatory sounds of meat being um, set up for the day. Yes. You you hear the thud of uh, a cleaver into a wooden block as it slices through the leg of some indeterminate animal, which is going to be hung up on the on a hook for, for sale shortly. Yeah, you can head into the singing pork chop, and uh, uh, this man is uh, there behind the counter. He uh, is uh, using his skill and expertise to dissect um, what looks like um, it's probably a pig, and kind of looks up. Morning. Morning, sir. What can I get you? Well, we were just discussing uh, possibly some uh, steak for dinner tonight. Uh, what do you have available? Um, I have uh, sirloin, I have a uh, rump, I have... What do you need? Stewing? Braising? And braising would be good. Hmm. How much? I do a short calculation of the five people and think... We'll say three pounds. Mm. And he um, uh, goes to where the, the meat is. He's obviously got a, a large meat counter and takes out some uh, some braising steak, weighs it on the, the scales, and comes to just a little bit over um, what you've asked for and takes it, wraps it up in some paper. And uh, that's uh, two krona. Mm-hmm. I... Um I don't know how much corn I actually have on me, but it's as long as I can pay the cost, I'm happy to pay it. I don't yes, know. it's not expensive. I, I don't know the exact exchange rate of uh, krona in 1865 Sweden, but um, I'm going to work on the basis that two krona is a, a fair price for uh, for the, the, what you've been provided with. I'll uh, pull out the two krona and say, uh, I noticed uh, just earlier there in the square there was a bit of a disturbance. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, yeah, the uh, uh, um, police and the workers. Uh, hmm. 
they're not friends with each other. Mm. Yes, I've heard it's a ongoing situation. Yes, the workers want better conditions. The police aren't interested in conditions, they just want them to work. And look over at Sven. Are you uh, familiar with this? This unfortunate soul, this woman who passed this morning? <sighs> no, I don't, don't know who it was. I heard a, a name, Mar- Maria or something, was it? Uh, Milena. Milena, I don't know. Hmm. Sounds Polish. <laughs> that it does. Unfortunate, but it seems to have been happening more often, yes? <sighs> well, people die here. You know, nobody cares. Men, women, children sometimes. So I'd like to try to get a read on him as far as his emotional state, whether he is just trying to brush us off or actually quite literally does not give a shit. Yeah, you can make me an observation check to try and read him. Right. Six dice. Happy to do so. I have two. Excellent. Yeah, you can tell that um, he is a kind of a, a bit of a gruff individual. He doesn't seem to be someone who particularly shows their emotions, but um, yeah, he—I mean, he does—he does seem to be a little, um, little concerned about the situation in terms of he's—he doesn't seem to be on the same side as the police in this uh, particular altercation. He, you know, he—he he does seem to think that the uh, the, the workers are, are not being treated well, but maybe. There's not much he can do about it. You know, he's just working in his shop. Given his proximity to the square and to the people who live there, it's natural that he would feel some sort of empathy if he was a, a an open soul. He would feel some sort of empathy to the, the people living in squalor around him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if if I I guess if I hadn't felt that, then I would be more concerned. Mm, no, you do. You, you do definitely feel that. Yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll just say the... Uh, my friends and I work for the society in town, and we're concerned quite greatly about what's happened oh. to her. Um, and and the society. Yes, we're quite concerned. Um, we received a letter from a concerned citizen here about these situations going on. Someone with a, we'll just say, we believe a, a, a deep concern. For the events. Well, uh, what 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 society? You'll be aware that the the society is not um, particularly well known in in the city. Some of those that do know of it just think it's um, uh, some rather eccentric people with some rather bizarre ideas about the world. A lot of people just know that there's an old crumbling castle that people used to live in years ago. I'll say to him, are you familiar with the Castle Gillenkreutz? Um, yes, I think so. It's just by the river, yes? Yes. The society operates out of that at the benefit for all here in Uppsala. With your um, observation two that you got, there's a couple of things that you notice. The first thing is that you think he's heard of the society and he's making out like he doesn't know what it is. The other thing you notice is that his neck and his hands are they're 
quite hairy. They're like considerably more hairy than either yours or Sven's or Nickel's. Um, and he seems to be scratching himself quite a lot around the back of his neck and uh, uh, up his uh, forearms as he speaks to you. He doesn't seem to be really aware that he's doing it. I'll, uh, again, take his, um, take, just take a measure of him and, and say, uh, you've, you, you've heard of us. You've been here long enough, yes? Sort of lean in a little bit. I, I, I don't know what you mean. Everybody can make me an observation, uh, uh, investigation check. Ah, one. One for Marta. None for Sven. Behind the counter, there's a little back door which leads into his living quarters, you think. Um, and it's a it's a crack open. And uh, as you kind of lean over, and those of you who are there, just in the right position, um, you can see that in the room behind the, the shop, there's a table and um, there is a little pot of ink sitting on it and some uh, sheets of paper that look very similar in style to the uh, the paper that uh, the letter that was written on that you received this morning. Marta has that letter probably still, right? Yes, correct. I will physically defer to Marta as I nod towards his room. And I'm going to say as well that the the meat that you've purchased, the uh, the he's written the, the the price of it on it and it's very similar script. I've got a question real quick. How old is this guy? He looks like he's in his mid-40s, maybe? Maybe maybe late 40s? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do his eyebrows join in the middle? Mm, maybe a little bit. Yeah, Sven's just like, yeah, yeah. You, uh, have yours lived in Uppsala? Uh, no, not always. Been here for about ten years now. Oh, ten years. Why do you ask? Oh, it's just that thirteen years ago, you reminded me of somebody. That's all. Somebody I knew back then. Oh, a friend. I hope. I thought so. Um, uh, sir, as the father uh, mentioned, uh, a community member reached out to us, and I'll pull out the letter. I can't help but notice that your handwriting is strikingly similar. Um. um. I, Could you perhaps be a concerned citizen? I, I um, he just seems to be kind of bumbling to try and find a, a response to to your question, and then after a, a moment or two, while he's desperately um, clutching a, a, some way of uh, of avoiding the admittance uh, of having written this letter, he his shoulders kind of slump a little bit and says. Yes, 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 I, I, I wrote that, yes. I, I didn't want to draw attention to myself, but yes. Oh, it's, uh, it's all right. The police, you know, they found out that they would just, I don't know what they'd do. If the police found out what? Well, that I was, knew something, or... But you do know something. No, I, I don't know anything, I just know that there's trouble here, and somebody needs to do something about it, and... If the police knew that I was asking for help, then I don't know what they do. They, they don't, they don't like it when, you know. Yes, yes. No one likes to be shown up. Yes, but God requires honesty in all work, and you're simply doing that with this letter. You are all three of you from the castle. Yes. Yes. So just not something. Something's wrong here. Something's going on. It's it. 
the police, I, I don't think they can help. Maybe you can. Have you seen the other bodies? Or any of the bodies up close? Other, other bodies? No, I've not... No, no. You can tell he's lying, Eric. No, I've not seen any bodies, no. Have you? I'm no. You can make me a manipulation test if you want to try and uh, nudge him towards... Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess how, how do certain equipment bonuses work? So what, what equipment are you... Uh, well, I'm just thinking... Um, this isn't the sort of fellow I would probably offer a, a fine wine to. We're not in that setting. But I might place very carefully on the table in front of him this leather, you know, bit-worn Bible that I've come to trust and know. And just as a, as a moment of, of importance has arrived, just carefully place my hand on it and say, these people who have been lost to us deserve a full flagon of honesty from everyone. Don't you think? All right. So he looks at you, looks at the Bible, and you can make me a manipulation test and you can get your Bible's bonus for it. Nothing like manipulation the, the free folk with the Bible. That's just not anything wrong with it. <laughs> Ooh, that is four. Whoa. Well, okay. So yeah, his, uh, he says, oh, well, how, how could I refuse honesty of a man of God? Uh, yes, uh, last night I, 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 I saw the woman uh, that the police came to take away this morning. I, 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 I saw her come from uh, out in the forest. I, I not been sleeping well, and uh, I went for a walk to clear my head, and uh, I was walking uh, in, around the outskirts, run through the trees, and uh, I saw her, there was a man with her, and I, I, I watched them for a moment, he was speaking to her, and I, I heard a noise, I, I, I looked around, and when I, when I looked back, he had gone, and she seemed to, I, I don't know, come to change her mind or something. Uh, she shook her head and she started b backing away and then she, she headed back in towards the the town. Uh, she was moving like uh, back and forth like, like she was dizzy or, or, or drunk or something. And uh, so I, I, I follow, followed her and, and uh, well, she got into town. She... I saw her go down the street, and uh, she 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 leant against the wall to steady herself for a, a moment, and then went down the alleyway. But it was almost as if she was in a in a trance or something. I I I don't know. Is when she stood up again from from leaning against the wall, she she just uh, was looking straight ahead of her. Walked walk just straight down uh, in down the alley. I, I it went out of my sight. I, I couldn't see her, but. I I went down and when I had the time I got there she was on the ground I I, I took a few steps I wanted to see but uh, it was something I I 
<sighs> I didn't feel right. I, 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 I ran. I should have. I, I should have gone to her. I, but I, I ran. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a coward. I didn't want to get involved. I... No, 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 no. <clears throat> you are not a coward. You are mortal, just like the rest of us. You have done so well, as you've informed people who can get to the bottom of this. Yes, I look at Sven. Now, um, my associate here had heard a similar story just this morning from other interested parties here in this area of the city. We are going to work to get to the bottom of this. Well, I, I don't, I don't know anything else. I know there have been other, other murders, similar murders. You, you might have seen in, in the newspapers. I. There was a, a woman murdered, uh, I think, uh, middle of the 16th, I think it was, or the 16th or the 17th. Uh, the, uh, a woman, Hjortsberg, I think her name was. Uh, and, and, and then in another, a midwife, a midwife was killed on, on the 23rd. And, and then just, uh, just a few days ago, there was a, a maid, uh, I think she was, I think she was Polish, um, Kaya Podrajan. But the police, they, they don't care. They, 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 they came, they, they took away the bodies and nothing, nothing happens. They do nothing. These people, and they, they are like worse than animals to them. They don't, they don't care if they live or they die. Four, four of these women have been killed now this month. And, and how many more must die before they do something? You and I agree in that sentiment. We will act where the police cannot or will not. Thank you for your time and for the meat. If you ask me, uh, uh, there's somebody around here is responsible for it. Well, the bodies do not appear out of thin air, so there is a reason. While that reason might be something that we cannot yet see, it is not to say that we cannot find it. And, and, and there's something there's something odd going on with, 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 with the bakery as well. What do you mean? Well, I don't, Peterson, Peterson, the man who who owns it. These people, they queue up every morning. Uh, it's something, I don't know what it is, something not right. He's, I mean, the man, <sighs> what do you know of, of, of the people around here? What do you know? of? Uh, Quite a bit, but perhaps not all that I need to know. Tell us what you know of Peterson's bakery. Well, Peterson, he um, he was married, you know. Well, he is married, I suppose, still. His, his wife, she ran off. I think uh, she, the ironmonger, Angstrom. Well, <laughs> if his wife ran off, they are still married under the sight of God. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But uh, but he, he, uh, he started drinking, you know started drinking. He'd always been a drinker. He'd always been a... And maybe that's why she ran off with the, with, the, with this man, uh, Angstrom. But, uh, but when, when she left, it got worse and it got worse. And, uh, you know, the, he didn't get up. He didn't do his... didn't bake. And, he, well, in the business, it started falling apart. He would, he would be in the, in the pub every day. And uh, his... his, his products that I, I i i used to um work with him you know um he he, he and i would uh, i would provide meat for uh, pies and and, uh, and that sort of thing but 
he just uh he he just wouldn't didn't speak to anyone didn't do any work his his his, his shop started falling to pieces and uh he was going to have to give it up you know he, he was he was his business was falling apart. There was, you know, nothing left. But then, just a, a, a few weeks ago, things started just picking up out of nowhere, and, and suddenly, he's uh, he's got queues outside his door again. I, you know, he's he's there every day, and uh, you know, you smell this this bread. It's 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 wonderful. It's, it's uh, he's, he's never been so good. It's never been so so busy. Something's wrong there. Something's up. And and the patisserie across the road, they, they, their their business is is collapsing because of it. Everybody goes there now. Everybody goes to Peterson. They don't go to the the, the patisserie for for you know their the big goods. Well, whether this is because of some chicanery or because of something else is to be seen, but it is an important informational piece to have. I thank you. My friend, maybe it's these new people he's taken on. What new people? Oh, he's he's got a new uh, shop assistant. He took on a week or so ago because he, you know, he's, he can't manage it on himself anymore. He's so busy, and uh, and he's got that that boy in the back baking for him as well. The Polish? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, I think he's one of the migrants, but no, I don't think he's Polish. He's maybe Russian or something. Like. All right. Well, thank you. May God bless you today. Thank you, Father. Sven is going to, as before we leave, he's going to be like, just just to make sure I got things right. Could you tell me those dates of the uh, the deaths again? Oh, um, I'll try and remember. I think the first one I recalled was uh, uh, the police took the body on the 14th, I think. No, what, no, not the 14th. The, when was it? Uh, 16th. Yes, the 16th. Second one was the uh, uh, 23rd they came. Uh, that was um, yeah, the Gully Ivana, yeah. And, and there was one last night, of course, and, and then there was another one that, that she was, I think it must have been the night of the 27th because the wagon came on, the police came on the 28th, take her away. Now, one line in the newspaper, and that's it. You know, these girls, these poor girls, they are good, hard-working girls, I think, you know. Let us take it, this burden off of you for now. We will speak with the bakery and the workers there and come to some understanding why it is. Perhaps even the patisserie, too, as they might have some idea as to why this sudden wind of change is only filling the sails of one baker in town. Meanwhile, on the other side of uh, other side of town, almost, Nickel, you're um, heading over towards uh, this this little church, and uh, you can see that there are um, sort of a number of, of people um, in this little kind of community area, and in amongst them, you can see there there is a, in fact a priest. Looks like a, a pretty old man, but uh, he's he's speaking to one of them and uh, seems to be. Uh, showing him a couple of pieces of paper, kind of pointing out things in them to him. Does the priest look like he's talking to other migrants, immigrant workers from the area? Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. And so I will walk up and wait respectfully until he has a moment free. He um, finishes up talking to the, the man that he's talking to, who shakes his hand and um, thanks him, uh, speaking in a language you don't recognize. 
and uh, the priest turns turns to you and you can tell he's uh, probably in his mid 80s maybe so the old guy um, tall lean white hair dressed in the garb of the Russian Orthodox faith um here's my son can I help you father a moment of your time of, of course of course I'm looking into some disturbing events in the area perhaps you've heard of some some girls going missing and, and turning up uh, recently um, uh, yes sadly I am I know I know the parents of, uh, of uh, two of the uh, two of the girls yes indeed it is it's a terrible terrible thing I'm afraid I bring terrible news of a third and I believe it's possibly another of your flock well uh, as I understand it, there was a girl last night. Uh, that would be fourth. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Malena Yurtsik, father. Oh uh, yes, uh, yes, indeed, yes. I know, I know her. I know her father, Piotr. Yes, Polish girl, a seamstress. She was she was found this morning. I'm afraid, and I was unable to speak to the parents. I tried, but um... uh, they don't have uh, Swedish, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I discovered. What do you know of these other girls? Is there anything? Do they all come from this area? Then you know of all of them. They're all from this camp. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, they are all from. Uh, yes, this, this, this is where the workers live. Um, some of them have. Uh, um, well, they have housing, but uh, it is cramped. It is uh, unpleasant. Uh, the rest, they they make do as best they can out in the camp. But uh, yes, yes, no, I uh, I don't know all the, the girls or their, their families, but I, uh, I know of them. Were these girls friends of each other? I believe uh, two of them were friends, yes, but um, I no, I don't, don't think they were all friends. Some were a little older. I believe um, uh, Anna Hjortsberg, uh, she was another seamstress, I think. She was uh, 21, 22. Obviously, um... The police do what the police do, but we are trying uh, different tactics in order to... Ah, well, I wouldn't expect the police to be of much assistance. They're, they're really not... <coughs> they're really not interested. Uh, these um, these people are not important to them. I'm working I'm working with several others, and we are taking a an interest in this matter that the police are not... Any Anything that you can think of that would link these girls I'm trying to understand it's happening pretty rapidly I'm trying to understand how or where maybe they go to the same place they drink in the same the entertainment they work etc you know as we do I know that uh, they were all good girls you know they uh, they all worked you know they were loved by their families uh, do you know, you said two seamstresses. Do you know where the others might have worked? Yes, I believe um, I believe one of them was a, a midwife. Um, oh, what was her name now? Um, yes, Ivana uh, Yashavska. She, uh, she was a midwife. She was the, the second girl that was taken, yes. And uh, Kaya Podrajan, she, uh, she was a maid. She worked in... Uh, in one of the houses. I'm trying to obviously create a length. Um, I know this is maybe an odd question. If you've seen all these girls, are, would you, are they all pretty? Do they all have the same color hair? 
Are they all the same age? Anything else physical that might link them? They're all about the same age, I suppose. I, I think um, I think they were all between them, 17 and 18, 20, something, a little over 20 maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Late, late teens, early 20s maybe. Pretty? Well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say. Of course, of course. Of course. What what is your in- interest in in this, sir? We Mr. have. I'm Sarah Nicole Doppler. Uh, I work. Uh, Doppler. I work at the uh, Castle Gillingcroix with uh, my associates. At the castle. The castle. Yes, we are. We are fixing it up and uh, and, and and putting the society back as it were. I don't know if you are familiar. Uh, I have heard tales of the society but um, I wasn't sure if it was uh, just gossip. It is not gossip. Uh, I work with uh, Father Eric Sorensen. I do not know if possibly you are connected in any way but I don't know the name. Uh, is he Russian Orthodox? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh well. I'm, I'm Father Truster by the way. Father Petri Truster. Rosta, you've been very helpful. I fear, Father, that we, uh, we're dealing with a, a criminal that uh, is is of a habitual nature. This is this is why I ask these questions, trying to understand possibly what this. I believe it's the same killer doing these crimes, and I'm trying to, of course, ascertain if there's a pattern so that we might interrupt, Mister Doppler. The, the sad fact is that. Many die here, more disappear, and the families grieve and their friends grieve, but nothing is done. The police don't investigate, they don't really care. Father, that is what we're here to do. We are here to care, and we are here to investigate, and do what the police will not. This is my promise, that we are here to care. Wow, that is, uh, that is very kind of you, which others, uh, took it uh, seriously and uh, with such import. Well, as you, of course, have seen, those of us have seen the the darkness in this world, we know that we must fight it vigilantly at every step. Yes. Father, I must speak ungently now, but I, I feel like I need to explore one last detail. I'm sorry in advance. Uh, the girl, um, Malena, her, her manner of death was not normal. <sighs> in what way? Her body seemed unharmed and untouched, pure and pristine as when she was born, except for one um, minor and ma- major fact, I guess, in, all in one. Um, the poor girl was drained of all of her blood in some way that makes no sense. There was no mess. There was no spill. Father, has does this ring any memory bells for you? He stops for a moment and thought, looks at you. What are you driving at, my son? I know it is delicate, but uh, one of the reasons we take such an interest is we we look to those crimes and those perversions that are on the edges and borders of our world. And we we are looking for the monster that would have done this. Drain this young girl of her blood, and how? We have no idea there's unless it's a mechanical or a device. And has have you run across anything like this or does it I do not know of any mechanical means. I am not a engineer. But uh, 
My son, I think there is something you're not telling me. I will share with you one speak, last... Speak frankly. I'm an old man. I've seen many things. Uh, it is difficult to shock or surprise me. The previous night, me and my compatriots shared the same dream. And we realize we have shared it several times. It showed terrible things. And I'll briefly outline the, you know, the rituals and the hunt. This morning, we all woke and realized we had shared this singular dream, and quite impossible, and that is when we were summoned to look into this latest crime. I'm convinced we are dealing with the unnatural, the vasin of this world, in some way, shape, or form. Make me a manipulation test, if you would. Just one success, you need, that's all. Don't forget you have um, currently got a penalty to your uh, mental skills due to your condition. Thank you for reminding me. I would not have wanted to... You seem like you have lost hope, my son. <laughs> I have, but I rolled a two, three, and a six. One, six. Excellent. A little hope restored. <laughs> he puts his hand on your your shoulder and says, Come, sit with me. Have some tea from the samovar. And he uh, he leads you um, into the uh, uh, a little um, uh, room off the, the, the church and uh, pours you a hot cup of tea. And he says to you, my son, what do you know of the Oampir? And I will eagerly and greedily consume any and all information he might be willing to share, because I believe Nickel knows nothing of this. So we will go back to the other group, and uh, we'll see what they're up to. Having just um, left the butchers with... Um, uh, a bag of steak and uh, some suspicions, perhaps. Steak and suspicions. Fantastic. I'll find a uh, a street urchin, a boy who uh, is looking for the eye of uh, looking for, uh, to, to perhaps make some money or if there's a, a messenger here that uh, I'm aware of uh, or where they might stand or sit or, or wait to be tasked with a, a job. I think you know that um, any of the kids around here will happily act as a, a messenger for a few coins. So I'll uh, I'll pick uh, I'll point at a small boy and say, "You there, lad? I have a task for you." What's that, Mister? Um, I take this package of meat and I place it in his palms and I say, "There is a castle, Gilcrest, not far from here." I point down the direction of the street. What oh, a big spooky place! Um, yes, it's where I live. Fear not. Is this your lunch? Mm-hmm. No, this is dinner, and it will be delivered to the gentleman there behind the door. You'll knock three times very carefully. He'll come to the door, and you will explain to him something very simple, which is, this is to be braised for tonight's dinner. Braised. Mm. He'll know the way. To be braised for tonight's dinner. Good. Um, in your pocket... I'll break off, say, five or pieces. Place these for your trouble. Thank you very much, sir. Yes. How, I, how is the bread here at this bakery? Oh, it's lovely. Oh, it's the best you've ever tasted. Just as I thought. Run along, then. Yeah, my mum's getting the loaf. Fantastic. Where is your mum? She's in the queue there. Oh, look, she's just going to go in. All right, then. I uh, Perhaps I'll say hello to your mother. Right, mister. And he, uh, he runs off um, happily. 
Now, I anticipated we would barter with the meat, not just give it and some cash to a child, but... Yeah, yeah. it remains to be seen whether it will arrive at its destination or not. The uh, the meat is simply a, a means to an end. This is so often the way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I suppose it would be right to queue in line, but I'm thinking, Sven, perhaps there is a way that we could get a look at um, the baker in question, perhaps before we speak or make a selection. Sven just kind of nods at you. He's like, what do you have in mind? Well, every bakery must have a door it receives goods at, yes? Mm-hmm. We need to find out why this bread is so good. And while I might be able to get several loaves to go with potentially fish I might find for a service, you might be able to find other ways of getting inside. Might be able to, yeah. Leave it with me. I'll, uh... <laughs> and he just turns and walks. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get in the queue and um, split our efforts a little bit. All right. Um, yeah, you can you can uh, queue up. Uh, there's a fairly substantial queue now. People are, are starting to move through the shop, um, and you can see through the window uh, there's a little bit of activity behind the counter. There seems to be uh, a, an older man, maybe in his 40s, possibly, and there's a young man as well with him. Looks like he's probably uh, uh, mid-20s, maybe mid-20s, maybe, maybe early 30s, but probably not quite as old as that. And, um, yeah, the two of them are, are busy wrapping up... Um, loaves and rolls and that kind of thing and serving the the customers and the queue progresses as it does move, moves fairly quickly it seems to be a pretty efficient operation as it does you can see people uh, starting to to come out of the the bakery um with uh, with the loaves and that kind of thing that they bought and um you can uh, both of you can make me a vigilance test i'm assuming that marta is in the queue with uh, the father i should hope so i I was making that assumption as well. Ooh, no successes for Marta. Very distracted by the scent of fresh bread. Just watch her moving her nose up and down. I just have one. You just have one. Yeah, these dice are rolling brilliantly for you. One is uh, is is all you need. Maybe uh, Marta's yeah is uh, uh, rather distracted by the uh, wonderful aroma coming from this shop. But um, you happen to notice uh, as as you're kind of moving towards the shop, and there's a, a few people come out. That the people, as they come out, holding holding their loaves of bread, they seem to be a, a bit more subdued than they were going in. So I, I guess my question is: Would I would I equate that to a man who needs a good drink and seeing the relief on his face? Not so much. No, it's more there's a. You look at them, and uh, as a man of the cloth, you you have a um, you know you have a, a certain sensitivity for people's moods, and you would say they're they look, if anything, they look um, tired or sad, weary. Like the energy of getting the bread has taken something from them. A, a little bit, yeah, drained of energy a little bit, yeah, maybe. We might want to be a little careful about how um, deeply we take in the aromas when we get there. It looks like it's quite taxing. Uh, Yes, uh, we should, I suppose, steady ourselves then and just take note internally if we feel any changes occurring. Agreed. So we'll, uh, we'll go with that sort of a play as we get closer in the queue is to sort of expect something that might try to 
latch onto us or pull something out of us. And so I will say a prayer to to protect Marta and I. Well, not forgetting Sven, of course, as uh, as none of us are beyond the sight of God, and uh, that that they he, that he protect the three of us to ensure our safety in these daunting times. All right. Speaking of Sven, what um, what is he doing as he breaks off uh, away from the other two? Sven is breaking off and he's going, just going to circle the block and try and find his way in, like there's an alley down the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's going to go down there and he's going to poke around at the uh, deliveries entrance. Okay, yeah, so uh, in order to get to the alley, you, um, you need to walk uh, a little bit down the street, not too far. Across the road from you, just uh, a couple of doors down, is, uh, is this uh, patisserie. Uh, and you can see that there is a, a sign above it that says Un coin de paradis, which, um, well, if you want to make me a learning test, you might know what that translates to. Yeah, uh, I got a single success. So I guess maybe someone previously told me what this shop's name means. <laughs> well, yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Um, so the uh, coin de paradis, the, the literal translation is a, a corner of paradise. But um, the what you probably would um, for a shop like this uh, would be called a, a slice of heaven. And uh, as you look at the uh, the goods and on display in in the window, you think, yeah, they they do look good actually. Yeah, as I'm going to leave off the uh, the deliveries entrance for a second because these guys are their competitors and. Mm his business booming has really hit them. If nothing else, there's a chance they'll have something. It might be spite and rumour, <laughs> but it will be something. Alright, um, so you just, you're going to head into the shop? Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Yeah, so um, you, you go in and there is uh, a man uh, and a woman standing in in the shop, uh, wiping down the uh, the counter and uh, the woman's arranging some pastries on the, on a shelf. And they, they look at you when you arrive and smile. Welcome, welcome to uh, Coin de Paradis. Uh, how, how come we help you? Oh, good uh, good afternoon. I was looking for some pastries. And I've heard the French aren't to be beat. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, w- w- what would you like? We have, uh, we have many. We have uh, um, uh, some uh, apricot slice here. We have uh, um, a, 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 um, uh, some patisserie here. We have uh, macaroons here. What, what, what would you like? To be honest, this is all a bit of a overload for Sven, who doesn't actually know what most of these pastries are and who is not used to non-Swedish food. So yeah, he he's going to ask for like a little explanation and so on, and he's just you know striking up conversation. So the man, the man says, "Of, of course, Celine, Celine, uh, help, help this gentleman, uh, help help him, help him choose something that will be to his taste." And uh, and the woman says, "Oh, of course. Um, uh, why don't you uh, you try this?" Or, and she she points out a, um, a few pastries and explains, you know, this this is um, almond, yeah, we. Um, and uh, this one, uh, uh, this one uh, is taste of uh, this is strawberry in in, in, uh, uh, in and cream. Yes. Eventually, he's going to settle on some kind of like I don't know, milly filly, some kind of flaky pastry because that's not standard for him. He's like, oh boy, this one has different stuff. Ooh, and icing—that's just basically sugar. So yeah, you can you can get two or three little um, pastries which look delicious, and I uh, say. Um, Oh, wonderful. Uh, well, that will be um, uh, for you. Uh, 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 first customer of the day, a uh, special price of just uh, 30 or. <laughs> and he's like, 
Ooh, that's a hit. <laughs> and then he looks at all the stock they have and he's like, oh gosh, that's a... Uh, you know, as he's taking counting out the change, he's like, you know, this is a... Uh, an amazing deal. I don't I'm amazed you don't have more customers coming in and just running through the door. I know, I know. Uh, this, um, Mr. Peterson's bakery, it, um, it is um, very, very busy these days. Very busy. Um, people that used to, they came here, we, we have not been open long. Um, uh, we, we just opened in the spring and uh, uh, first things were good. Um, and uh, you know we, we get a lot of custom a lot of people like our our, our, our pastries but uh, well um, Mr. Mr. Peterson a few weeks ago um, he's, he's, he starts making this amazing amazing bread uh, um, I think uh, he has a, a, a new uh, a, a new baker working for him and uh, I don't know where he found him but this uh, it's, um, it's very nice uh, what, what they make and people well they 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 don't come here so much any, anymore. I'm, it's, uh, it's a worry. Please tell tell all your friends uh, about the uh, the beautiful produce that you you get here. It's, we're very proud of what we make. Of course, of course, I will. I'll endeavor to do so. And if you ever need meat, <laughs> please feel free to to write uh, to Castle Gillenkreutz. I can get you a venison. I can get you well various animal, various game. Oh, uh, we um, we get uh, well, um, we, we get meat um, from um, uh, Briga and uh, the singing pork chop. Ah, oh, the singing pork chop. Yes, yes. You know, Briga. He told me the story of your uh, of the bakery as well. I I I mostly just wanted to talk, but I also did want pastries. Of course, of course, we're happy. Um, yes, we're happy to to to, to talk. Uh, our friends here in the city. We're making a life for ourselves in, in Uppsala. Well, as you are welcome to. I hope you all the best. Um, Peterson, it sounded like he was doing very poorly until he brought this boy on, yes? Well, I don't... I don't like to... Um, uh, you make me in a manipulation test, if you could. They're, they're kind of being coy about uh, talking about him. No successes. Mm. So, oh, my... I, I, Yes, I, 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 his business was not doing so well. Um, I, I think he was having troubles. Uh, yes, but uh, you don't think you don't think maybe it's something he's putting in the bread. Oh, I, I don't know if, if, if so, whatever it is, it seems seems to do the charm, huh? Mm-hmm. No, I just—is it better flour or is it better eggs? Is it milk? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what his. I don't know what his recipes are. But like I say, what, whatever it is, it seems to, seems to work, and people uh, people really enjoy it. Uh, queues are outside his door every every day. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I could try and get you some of the flour he has, and you could try, you could see if it is better than yours. Or oh, we um, oui, yeah yeah of course uh, yeah yes of course if 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 you like. And he just holds up a hand. He's like, as, as a favor to a friend. Maybe an observation test. One success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, there's a funny glance between the two of them when you talk about bringing them flour. It's, um, you can't quite put your finger on exactly what it is, but um, it seems to, to you that the idea of you bringing them flour to use for baking is it's a bit strange, maybe. I mean, look, if, if this is, if you have the same supplier, this would be a waste of time, but I, 
just in case he has, I don't know, better stuff. I, I'm a hunter. I, I know my things and I do not know. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it is very kind of you. I will tell many people about the pastries that I got you and that you always have stuff. See, thank you. Um, uh, enjoy, enjoy, please. Yes, yes. Don't, don't, don't save it up. Eat it. You know, enjoy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will have it with my dinner. <laughs> good, good, good. Very awkwardly, just kind of step back out. And there's a, as you go out, there's a, a kind of a head pops through the, the back door, and uh, it's a, a young girl. She looks like she's maybe about sixteen, something like that. And you hear her say, "Mama, Mama," and, uh, and the woman says, "We." And they, two of them go back into the back uh, back of the shop, whilst um, the the man carries on, kind of reorganizing now that there's been a few pastries have taken away kind of reorganizes the the display a little bit and and just sort of stands waiting for another customer the daughter does she bear any resemblance to like you know the same kind of eye hair facial features as our dead girl that i saw this morning or you wouldn't say so no she's a bit younger as well yeah she's that year younger so you're too younger maybe you're too younger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okie well, I'm still going to try and check out the, check around the back of this weird bakery. All righty. So yeah, you can you can go down the uh, the alleyway and uh, you can kind of work out just from the distances where you reckon the uh, the back door of the bakery is. And uh, yeah, indeed, there is like a kind of a the same sort of back door you'd expect to find in uh, in any of uh, of these kind of businesses with some uh, some refuse bins sitting outside. Yeah. So I'm, I look around. I'm like, okay, it's too late in the day. All the all the materials will have arrived or already. Any deliveries would have been made. The only thing I can think to do would be I have some burnt oak tree ash in my pocket. Okay. Just because I'm a superstitious crazy man. Fair enough. I think that's maybe quite a good thing to be in your line of work. It it helps actually with the werewolves and the and the whatnots. I'm going to draw a cross with the ash on in the middle of of the delivery door. That's fine. Yep, you can do that. You step back to admire your handiwork. I think I did a really good job. Excellent. Um, so if there's nothing else that you want to do while you're there, we will return to Marta and Eric as uh, they reach the doorway of the uh, the shop. There's two or three um, other customers in there being served at the minute. Uh, and when you walk in, you can see that um, the shelves um, have got a number of loaves of, of bread on them. Quite a few of them have clearly already been purchased. Behind the counter, there's there's this uh, old older man and uh, the the young man who uh, appears to be helping him out. There's a door behind them as well that leads into the, uh, the back of the uh, the shop. Maybe that's uh, that seems to be probably where uh, the goods are baked and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, the the older man has. Uh, He's got a quite a ruddy complexion, and uh, I think probably father, you will you will recognise the the the, uh, um, the signs for the, the the kind of cracked veins on his face of, uh, of a uh, heavy drinker, but he doesn't uh, seem to be uh, in any way hit by that just now. He's um, you know he's talking to people, uh, wrapping up their bread, handing it over to them, and the other man's taking the money, putting it in the till. The other man's, um, uh, as I say, it's probably about late 20s. He's got um, kind of thin hair um, combed across his head. He's got quite a sallow complexion, uh, quite thin-faced. And he he kind of nods at them, gives a a little, a short, very short little smile at people as he takes their money and, and rings up the sales. 
Um, and over the, um, on a lintel, um, over the counter, you can see there is a, a little uh, sort of plaque has been hung up. Looks like it's uh, fairly freshly, freshly painted as well. And uh, the plaque says, uh, come freely, go safely, and leave something of the happiness you bring. Right. So what I want to watch is the actual mechanical process of people getting the bread as he pulls it and then the delivery to their hands or to the the younger sort of thinner man here who's working the counter and i want to see if there's any physiological or or, or emotional change within them right i want to take these few heartbeats and just watch the process a couple of times even if i've got to with grace allow someone behind me to go before me as if I'm, I'm not yet done selecting. This is where I want to dawdle. Okay, there's not an awful lot of room in, in the shop. Mm-hmm. So uh, you will sort of be getting in people's way a little bit if, if you're doing that, because the um, the traffic is moving fairly swiftly in and out the, of the shop. Hmm. All right, then. All right, then. So c- can I do this from um, perhaps a moving position as well and sort of lock the eyes on the mechanics of what goes on while I continue to, to move? Yep, absolutely. Um, you make me an observation test. Marty, are you just sort of following suit with, uh, with the, the father, or is there anything else you'd like to do? Um, well, if possible, uh, perhaps Marta could be in front of the father to be purchasing, and that way the father can observe from the outside, and Marta also wants to kind of take measure of whether or not I'm feeling any sort of emotionally draining effects of the purchase of bread, other than just standing in this line for a long time. Okay, yeah, sure. So you can make me an observation roll as well as uh, as you purchase your bread. There's a little bit of kind of pushing and shuffling and stuff as uh, you try and uh, maintain your position while people are f- uh, filing past you. You get a couple of slightly odd looks from people. So, you know, why don't you just buy your bread and go, <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> There's no successes for Marta. Yep, none for the father either. Um, so I think I'm going to push this roll. All right. How are you going to uh, push the roll? Well, you, don't, you don't really need to do anything particularly different. It's a um, slightly different mechanic here. but Yeah, um, I'm really going to hone in on the counter man. Uh, maybe it's uh, I don't like the way he looks, or maybe it's he... I don't like the saying above the door it seems a little strange based on the reactions so i'm just going to all right so um you can roll those all your dice again and then after that you will take a mental condition of one but uh i I will take a um i think i'm going to take an angry condition all right okay so um yeah you're you're one success um what exactly are are you trying to to glean to discern from the from the situation well i want to to find the moment of the physiological change that happens. People are so very eager to get bread and they're so very eager to get what this shop owner has to offer that they'd queue for however long to get it. And and when does the actual exchange take place? Even if I have to use Marta as a test example. All right. So what seems to happen is that uh, they, they've got it pretty smooth operation here. The older man uh, will take the order, say what the order is to the younger man. Um, he will wrap the bread uh, while the younger man will ask for the, uh, the money for that particular order. Um, then once the money has been passed to him, he'll ring it into the till as the older man 
hands the, the bread or the rolls or whatever it is over to the customer and then they will move to one side and the next customer will take their place. Right. Can Marta also push the roll? <laughs> Since Father Sorensen was kind of doing an outwardly uh, inspection, I'm, I'm investigating inwardly. I would like to also push mine. You can, absolutely. And how is your anger manifesting itself as well, Father? Uh, I think he would likely get frustrated with and, and, and angry at um, all the people here seeing, seeming to use the Peterson's Bakery as the, as the next uh, golden cap that has sprung up here in the city, that they're objectifying, that they need it, that it's so wonderful that um, they can't be without it. That the objectification, worship, worshiping at the altar of baked goods, as we all have done, so say we all. But yes, I think that's where he would he would his emotional visage would change a little bit. He would he might he might put quite the frown on. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll give you as well with that observation role is that um, the older man seems quite welcoming and friendly towards the uh, the um, the customers, and but the. The younger man, he seems a little more sullen, and he just kind of takes the money, puts it in the till, just waiting for the next customer. Um, it, it seems to be more mechanical for him than... Uh, um, uh, doesn't seem to be really interested in customer satisfaction. How did you get on, Marta, with your roles? I did get a success. Yeah, um, uh, again, and you're, is it this, this younger man that you're uh, specifically um, focusing on? Or? I was more focusing on myself, since we'd seen these people coming out seemingly emotionally drained and we had talked about kind of trying to steady ourselves against this but uh, instead I will be not steadying myself I'll be opening myself to emotionally draining things and seeing what happens yeah so uh, as you enter the shop um, this you know the smell of this 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 baking bread is um, is very very pleasant um, and um, you know it's it's fresh it's clean it's delicious and uh, yeah you're kind of buoyed along a, a little bit by this but you find that while you're standing in the queue and waiting for the to get served and the father's getting annoyed um you're not quite sure why he's getting annoyed maybe they're taking too long and uh, yeah you feel yourself just it's just it's all so wearisome and oh, you just think, oh, I just, I, I, I'm not sure why I came in here after all. It's, I, don't, I don't even want it. What, do I want bread? I don't know if I want bread. And you, you're, uh, yeah, your emotions just kind of take a bit of a downturn. I will also be taking the condition hopeless because we have many tiny threads, but we haven't quite found that one big one to pull yet. So I'm feeling a bit down about that. Yeah, you're, you're feeling like, I mean, are we ever going to figure out what's going on here? There's people dying and we're standing in a queue for bread. What's going on? Exactly. And um, if um, you stay in there more than a, a few moments, the queue of people will kind of jostle you a, a little bit and, uh, and you'll get the definite feeling that, um, you know, that they're wanting you to move on, get out and continue the flow of trade. Oh, sure. I'll actually, I'll go to the counter and uh, prepare to purchase bread. And I'll say, uh, Peterson, is it? Uh, that's right, sir. Yes. Uh, what uh, What can I get you? Well, bread, of course. That is what we're all here for, yes? Rolls, uh, loaf. Loaf, for certain. We have a fine, uh, we have a fine cut. 
that we're going to be having for dinner tonight from this, the uh, the local butcher here. And we'd like to pair it with this bread. <laughs> oh, yeah. Briga, yes. <laughs> um, indeed, yes. Yes, he's a, he's a character. <laughs> Thorsten, um, 20 order for, for the father here for his loaf. I sort of go into the pouch and begin picking out the coins, but I'm going to do so by watching this man and his reaction. Uh, yeah, the assistant just kind of looks at you and says, yeah, 20 aura. Holds out his hand. I carefully drop them one by one. Thank you, Father. He, uh, once he's received uh, all the money, he kind of looks through it and uh, rings it up on the till and puts it in the till. How heavy is that till when he opens it? Meaning meaning how heavy, how laden with coin? Oh, it's yeah, it's pretty full. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can tell they've, uh, they're doing a good trade today. I'll uh, offhandedly remark to Peterson. I'll say, uh, should expect to see you Sunday then with such a till. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yes, of course. Uh, of course, Father, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, see you Sunday, yes. Good. I'll make my way out. Okay. Um, and the uh, the sales continue. Um, the queue is uh, is dying down now. Um, it's not... Uh, not so many people. It's just maybe a handful of people. Everybody seems to have dispersed with their purchases and uh, moving away out in the square as the, the two of you come out of the uh, the bakery. Uh, and I would say, if um, unless there's something else Sven would like to do, that um, he can have made his way round from the back of the uh, the alley by now and uh, and rejoined them. Sounds good to me. So we will leave Eric, Father Sorensen, uh, Marta, and Sven standing together in the corner of the. Uh, Vaxala Torg to discuss um, exactly what uh, they've they've experienced over the last few minutes, uh, you know, what progress they've made, and uh, Nikhil Doppler sitting in a little side room at the church with an old priest who's about to impart some knowledge of the undead upon him. And that is where we will leave today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time.